Welcome to Santa Cruz Naturalist. This week, we'll be listening to Sea Change, a six-part series focused on global change ecology right here in Santa Cruz. From the Redwood Forest to the Monterey Bay, students from UC Santa Cruz dive into local stories about global change and ocean acidification. Part four, ocean deoxygenation. My name is Malia, and these are my colleagues, Ava, Skylar, Lazaro, and we're here to talk about ocean deoxygenation, a pressing environmental problem that you might not have heard about yet. First off, what exactly is ocean deoxygenation? Ocean deoxygenation is what it sounds like. It's the loss of oxygen from oceans. It's caused mainly by global warming and excess nutrients in our oceans. Global warming is a serious problem, but how exactly is it affecting our oceans? Well, global warming is causing our Earth to retain more heat, and the ocean is absorbing a lot of that for us. The top layer in particular, where most sea life resides, is becoming much warmer than the water underneath it. That's a problem for two reasons. Warm water holds much less oxygen than cold water. Not only that, but warmer water is also less likely to mix with the colder water underneath it. I can see why warm water holding less oxygen than cold water is bad, but why do the two not mix? Well, think of it this way. Do you know how on a hot day, warm air rises to the top of a house and stays there? That's because warm air is less dense than cold air. The same thing is happening in our oceans. Warm water is less dense than cold water, so it floats on top instead of mixing together. You see, mixing between layers is a normal and necessary process to exchange oxygen and nutrients. But the bigger the temperature difference between the upper and lower layers, the harder it is for the two to mix. I see. So, warming waters means our oceans hold less oxygen as well as prevent natural processes from occurring. But you mentioned one more factor, right, Ava? Excess nutrients? Right, Milia. These nutrients can come from pollution, wastewater, and especially fertilizer runoff from agriculture. They send light photosynthesis in our oceans, leading to extreme phytoplankton blooms. And once these phytoplankton die, bacteria decompose them using a process that takes up a lot of oxygen. This can create zones in the ocean where there is very little oxygen, causing fish to migrate elsewhere in search of oxygen, or even die. How exactly does all of this, ocean deoxygenation, affect Santa Cruz? Well, our California coast is unique because of the upwelling we get. Basically, our currents bring in cold water that is rich in nutrients, but poor in oxygen. That means our waters can support many species but that also means we are especially vulnerable to ocean deoxygenation. That's exactly right, Ava. Animals are being displaced by shifts in oxygen levels in the ocean. They move around to locations where there is more oxygen, and in doing so, they could move away from here. No kidding. Decreased oxygen levels in the water could drive cold water fish such as tuna and salmon elsewhere, or cause their numbers to plummet. Commercial fishing is one of the largest areas of production of income in the United States. We ship fish from California all over the world. Imagine what a serious climate shift in the environment is going to do to the economy. Tuna are known for having a pretty low tolerance to waters with low oxygen. Over the years, as oxygen has decreased, there has also been a subsequent decrease in the size and amount of tuna that fisheries have caught in California's coastal waters. So what exactly does this decrease of oxygen and therefore tuna mean for our local fisheries? Well, since the species is on the decline, tuna are much more vulnerable to overfishing. Management is crucial to keep populations of popular game fish from decreasing by decreasing catch size instead. Right, and it just goes to show that we can help by getting involved. The biggest thing we can do to help reduce the effects of ocean deoxygenation is to decrease our overall carbon footprint. Things like walking, biking, and taking the bus when you don't necessarily need to drive are all great ways to reduce your carbon footprint. Shopping from locally owned businesses or changing your diet to shop with the current harvest season and eating less meat can help. You get the benefit of having fresh and local produce and the earth benefits from a reduction in carbon emissions. 
Sea Change is a series produced by students from the Global Change Ecology class at UC Santa Cruz with direction from Dr. Christy Croker. To hear more, you can find Sea Change along with other Santa Cruz Naturalist episodes on your favorite podcast platform. Just search for Santa Cruz Naturalist. And as always, thanks for tuning in.